Hello and welcome to Ordinal Revolution. My name is Shizzy. On this channel, we cover BRC20s, taps, bitmaps, and ordinals. We have a very, very awesome show today. We have we have the CEO of Bionic. Bionic is a really cool project. It's actually on ICP, Internet Computer Protocol, which is really awesome. I can't wait to really talk about. And it's kind of like a layer two. You kind of have to wrap it over there. It's a really cool project. And I definitely want to start digging more into uh, these layer twos and stuff like that. So we're going to bring you guys that more more of that. So I'm excited. So um, let me bring in my co-host for this evening, Mr. Yago B. What's up, buddy? Hey, Shizzy. What's going on? So we got Bob Bodley today. He yeah. is the CEO of Bionic. He's been in, in Bitcoin and crypto for a really long time. Uh, what, what do you think? Yeah, I'm excited to have Bob on. Um, you know, I have caught part bits and pieces of, of different podcasts that he's been on episodes with like Jake. We know Jake. Right. And um, and also um, I caught a couple of his his tweets. You know, one of the ones that he retweeted was, uh, you know, just showing the, the meta protocol layer and the layer twos and the side chains and all that stuff, which was really cool. And it opened up, I think some eyes in the ordinal space to, to kind of really see how um, these different, uh, you know, uh, parts can work with Bitcoin and, and just struck the structure of it really. So that's really kind of something that caught my eye uh, with Bob. And I started digging more and more deeper into like what he's doing and it interests me even more. So I'm excited really pick his brain. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Let's bring him up. Mr. Bob Bodley from Bionic. How you doing, sir? Hello, hello. Happy to be here. Doing doing okay. Thank you. Thanks, so on, on this channel, we we um like obviously the projects are really important to us, the, the the marketplaces and stuff like that. But like we we like to dwell in into the, the actual person and like because the, the people around the space mean more to us than the actual projects. Because if without good people, there's not really a good space. So if, um if, if you would kindly give us uh, maybe uh, your past, maybe before crypto. Yeah, sure. Uh... I did undergrad in neuroscience, uh, always been very interested in learning and memory and how the brain works, and then went on and did a PhD in educational technology uh, with an emphasis in learning analytics. So basically data science and learning, uh, using data to understand how, how to help students learn more effectively and how to help teachers teach more effectively. Uh, post PhD, I went on and worked as a data scientist and data engineer for a couple different tech startups. Uh, one, a retail analytics startup, and then an ed tech startup where I was their director of uh, research and data science. Uh, in there as well, I think it was 2017, I started a ed tech company with a few friends and we wanted to build like the ultimate practice question repository. So like imagine like an open source, kind of like a Quizlet or something like that, but um, more programmable kinds of questions. And we wanted to build it on the blockchain. Uh, early 2017 wasn't really the best time to try to do something like that. It was a bit premature in terms of scale, in terms of usability. Uh, and so, you know, didn't ever make it onto the blockchain. But that was kind of, you know, the first time I did some really deep digging into Bitcoin and Ethereum um, and then other kinds of, you know, scaling chains. Um, didn't actually start building full-time on crypto until 2021. Uh, May of 2021 was when the Internet Computer Protocol did their mainnet launch. Um, and so that's when I got with a couple friends and we started a company building on ICP. Um, ICP is unique in that it's trying to become the decentralized AWS of crypto, essentially. So 
you know, you can do compute hosting and storage on AWS and on ICP, they're trying to enable compute hosting and storage. So host your front end, host your images, host your assets, um, you know, uh, user, user friendly, smart contracts, et cetera. Um, so yeah, built on ICP for a couple of years. Uh, the the company is Tonic, T-O-N-I-Q. Uh, we have the largest NFT marketplace on ICP. Uh, we've built wallets. We've built smart contract wallets. We've built collateralized lending protocols. Like we built all sorts of things on, on ICP. Um, then earlier this year and kind of late last year, um, ICP, the, the foundation behind ICP, which is uh, Definity, Definity, uh, released a couple interesting Bitcoin integration features. So there's actually a Bitcoin light node that's running on the internet computer right now. So the full UTXO set is queryable directly just via smart contracts on ICP, which is cool. Um, they also released a threshold signing uh, protocol. I don't know if I'll call it a protocol, but it's a threshold e ECDSA. ECDSA is just a really popular... Uh, way to sign like a signature scheme. So Bitcoin transactions use ECDSA as, as the signature type, except for Taproot. Taproot uses a different kind of signature. So what that means is you can, from ICP itself, you can sign and broadcast Bitcoin transactions um, from smart contracts, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, and then the final Bitcoin integration piece is they released a wrapped Bitcoin on ICP. Uh, called CKBTC. So this is just the wrap Bitcoin on on ICP. You can wrap your Bitcoin over and then you get, it's like five second finality on ICP. And that's like deterministic finality. So, you know, it's, it's completely finished. There's no probabilistic finality. And then <clears throat> the fee, it's like 10 sats, I think, is the transfer fee. Um, so, you know, it's, it's all the benefits of a, of a side chain, essentially you get faster speeds and cheaper transactions. So then I think it was February 6th that I had seen enough already in the ordinal space to where we decided to build uh, bionic and we were going to leverage the awesome tech on ICP, the awesome Bitcoin integration features, as well as ordinals on Bitcoin, kind of smash them all together and build bionic. Um, on ICP. So I've been building for the last six months. Uh, it's been quite a bit to build because uh, we have to have a wallet on the Bitcoin side, a wallet on the ICP side, kind of built into Bionic. You have to build all the ordinals infrastructure and then all the smart contract stuff on ICP. So it's been a journey, but it's been a good one. Wow, that's a lot. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So um you know, I, 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 whenever Shizzy and I talk about like solutions, I'm not obviously not even close to as well versed in, in anything in terms of, uh, you know, L2s or anything like you are, but I've, I've been hearing a lot of good things about ICP because like you said, you can read and write, uh, you know, Bitcoin, right. You can understand it. So, um, you mentioned the taproot, um, having a different signature type. So has that been a problem or have you guys kind of figured out how to make that a seamless thing with uh, ordinals? Yeah, that's an interesting question. So you technically don't need taproot for ordinals. Uh, you only need SegWit because you need the witness data in order to store the ord, ord envelope. 
Um, and so I, I was the first one. This was a couple months ago. I did the first pay to witness script hash P2WSH uh, inscription. So it's a valid inscription. Well, valid, valid inscription, uh, but it doesn't use taproot. Um, this broke a couple indexers, which was kind of fun, but not <laughs> super fun for the indexing people. Um, and uh, P2WSH inscriptions are currently cursed. Um, actually, I don't even know if they're cursed, officially cursed yet. They are cursed. They're not recognized as cursed. Eventually, they'll get recognized as cursed, and then they'll be recognized as a blessed category. Um, we're not there yet. I have a PR into the ORD repo right now. Um, so just need to get it reviewed to get them added as cursed inscriptions. But it's essentially the same. You just have a witness and you have a specific section of the witness where you put the ORD envelope. And it all works. There are some different limitations. But yeah, so for, for actually inscribing, that's kind of the limitation for what you could do on ICP because there's no schnorr on ICP unless you built it yourself or, you know, I'm trying to get them to build it into the protocol itself, but it might take a while. You mean like you can't actually inscribe on ICP is what you're saying? Uh, that... You could inscribe, <clears throat> you can inscribe with P2WSH. Okay. Uh, but you gotcha. can't inscribe with Taproot. That's correct. Okay. Gotcha. 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 Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, with all these other layer two solutions and stuff, like you have stacks um, and then ICP, which I've heard a lot of good stuff about, like, how do you feel in terms of the ICP, uh, you know, side being a main solution for being able to basically, you know, a lot of people on the ordinal layer want, want to do more things, right? They, they want to be able to have like an AMM. They want to be able to like trade tokens and stuff like that uh, seamlessly. Does ICP allow that, do you feel like? Or is is that not really what, what you guys are working on? Yeah, so the way Bionic will work is you'll wrap your Bitcoin over uh, to the wrapped Bitcoin on ICP, and you'll wrap your ordinals over as well. And at that point, you are kind of officially on the side chain, meaning very fast transactions, uh, no network fees, no gas fees, really great user experience. Um, you know, everything people want, uh, increased functionality like offers. Um, you could put an offer on any ordinal, um, auctions like English auctions, um, fully functional English auctions. Um, you know, once you wrap over to a side chain, you have full smart contract capability, um, on ICP, you can write smart contracts in Rust or Python or TypeScript. And so you have kind of full expressive programmability with your smart contracts. So whatever you wanted to build, you could build. And you know, you're know you building all at the application layer. You don't have to touch the consensus layer, the protocol layer at all. Uh, it's all at the application layer. So moving forward, I expect it to be very fast to build on ICP. In fact, I think, I don't know that I've made this claim publicly yet. I don't know if I'm ready to make it, but <laughs> I think it will be um, the fastest and easiest way to build ordinals solutions will be to leverage ICP smart contracts for ordinals. Um, TBD on whether that plays out, but <laughs> currently that's what I'm thinking. Do, 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 uh, do, do you have a background on other chains or uh, was ICP your kind of your first on after Bitcoin? Do you, did you play around on ETH or any EVM chain at all? Yeah, I have done quite a bit on Ethereum. Um, 
you know, mostly like NFTs, NFT trading. Um, also been diving pretty deep on the L2 ecosystem over the last couple months. Uh, so that's been really fun to kind of dig in on all things uh, ZK rollups and broad proofs. You say ZK rollups. Um, hearing rumors or possibilities that potentially ZK can come to um, Bitcoin. Is that, a, is that actual possible? Yeah, so I'd say there are two main paths to where we could get ZK on Bitcoin. One is you upgrade Bitcoin itself so that it can actually verify the validity proofs. Uh, we might get this in five to 10 years. Yeah, I was about uh, to say, that's not happening anytime soon. <laughs> right. Or, or someone else decides that they just really, really want it. They spin up some test net and they run it and it looks good. And maybe they push out a new version of Bitcoin Core and there's some like crazy ZK war and there's a fork or something like that. I don't know. But it's it's like crazy to even think that we would have progress there in the near term. So the second option, which is the more likely option, and I already know of multiple teams building in this area, is uh, sovereign rollups. And sovereign rollups means that Bitcoin itself doesn't verify the proof, but users run a light client in their browser and the users themselves can verify the proofs that have been posted to bitcoin so instead of like currently you, you know how ordinals you know you have an ordin ord indexer that sits on top of a bitcoin node um, instead of an indexer you would have a sequencer and a prover uh, so the sequencer collects or goes and grabs all the transactions uh, the prover would essentially generate a proof uh, based on the ZK circuit, it's essentially saying, here's all the data I had, here's the, you know, this is the code that I ran and here and, and the output is is this proof that then anyone can verify. Um, so the benefit of sovereign rollups is you basically get uh, L1 security. Uh, you're basically, it's it's basically like an L2, but it's a user verified L2 rather than a Bitcoin verified L2. So the benefits are it, it removes this centralized indexer problem. Currently we have, you know, ordinals is pretty centralized, not as centralized. BRC20 is fairly centralized right now, only a few key players running uh, BRC20 indexers and limited in terms of visibility there and open source code for those indexers. Um, if you have sovereign rollups, then you don't, really care if there's only one person because you can verify it yourself. So instead of trusting, you know, don't trust verify, um, instead of trusting the current centralized indexers, the indexers just give you a proof that you can verify. So now you can just verify that everything is correct. So sovereign rollups, very, very cool. Is there any chain that's using them at, as of now, or is this just something that's new to Bitcoin? Starknet, maybe. I don't, think they're sovereign. Oh. I don't think they're a sovereign roll-up. Um, <clears throat> I know Sovereign Labs has implemented their SDK on Ethereum and Celestia. And mm. I know those are live already. That's Cosmos, then, right? Celestia? I think so. Um, and then I know there are a few teams working on... Uh, teams working on sovereign rollups on bitcoin what's the biggest cons to uh sovereign rollups is there any downside to it 
Downside, um, users have to run a light client uh, because you can't just, from zero, you can't verify the proof. You have to have some data points in order to verify the proof. So users would need to run a light client. You could circumvent that potentially with some kind of trusted entity if you wanted to trust, but then it's like, why, why do the... Yeah. Yeah, why, why do the roll-up? Unless you built like a decentralized light client, like you could build a decentralized light client on ICP, for example, um, and it would be fully decentralized and people could leverage that instead of running the light client in their, in their browser. Um, the other downside is latency for proof generation is probably minutes right now, uh, which if you're a roll-up on Bitcoin, maybe doesn't really matter that much. Mm -hmm. Because Bitcoin block times are going to be, I don't know, 10 to 30 minutes. Um, and so if you already have to wait 10 to 30 minutes, then waiting three minutes for a proof to, to be created, to be posted on Bitcoin, isn't really going to impact anything. Um, the other consideration is throughput. Uh, throughput is actually pretty good right now. You could probably get like thousands of transactions per second, um, theoretically, from these rollups. And so... Um, it it's also more compute on the node. So an indexer right now can be pretty light. It's just a bunch of if-then rules. Uh, but if you're actually going to start generating proofs, uh, it's going to be heavier on the indexer. Um, and then let's see, one more consideration is you do have a centralized prover, meaning you really only need one person to have a prover, but uh, if they, they, I mean, they could just like go away. Manipulate it or, yeah, okay. Yeah, so there are some censorship resistant concerns uh, there, but yeah, I mean, overall, it's a pretty good uh, setup from a technical perspective. Probably gotcha. the best we have for Bitcoin right now. So when you say users have to run <clears throat> a light client, are you talking about like all users or like a network of users together? All users. All users, okay. Anyone that wants to be able to verify the proofs. Gotcha. Some users might not care, might just trust, but then what's the point of a sovereign rollup anyway? Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm imagining like browser extension style where it just kind of plugs in and it's like your wallet plus your like client. And anytime you do anything, it like has does some here's the proof and green check mark verified. Like verifying proofs is very fast. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you don't have to worry about that. But yeah. That seems so like it would be pretty easy, right? As like as a user, just to have a as another extension up as you're using your browser extension. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, browser extensions in and of themselves aren't fantastic. Security uh, wise. Well, browser extensions are better than other things that you could do, like storing private keys in the browser. Um <laughs> But it's just like a, a usability issue that we like require. I mean, in, in Web3, we've normalized uh, normalized browser extensions where it's like okay to have a browser extension, but normal users don't. don't yeah, uh, I didn't like, think about that really. You know, like before crypto, like how often did you use a browser extension? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, the hardcore techie people will. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, browser extensions are okay for now. Um, so whether it's that or something else, like it shouldn't be too crazy. And I, I 
think you can get away with just like block headers um, and maybe like some Merkle roots for a state. And that is probably the extent of your light client. And so it shouldn't be too crazy there either. <laughs> so I think those are probably my two, my two best. I mean, there are other options as well, you know, in, in the Bitcoin layers diagram that I had, there are lots of options, but I'm, my two favorites are, you know, decentralized things via ICP on like a side chain. And the other is uh, sovereign rollups. I think those are kind of the, my two favorite uh, moving forward right now. How, how far are we away from having sovereign rollups? Do you feel like a couple months? I have no idea, but I would guess we'll get test net for a sovereign rollup on Bitcoin in the next three months. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I know multiple teams building. So. Gotcha. Yeah. This actually, uh, whenever you sh uh, retweeted this, I, I was so glad because, <laughs> you know, someone like me that's not super technical, like I thought I would always call the counterparty a side chain. And the fact that it's a meta protocol, like just like ordinals, I was shocked to see that, you know. Um, but so you're saying that. ICP will work more like a sidechain, kind of like how Stacks works. So the the actual lines between layer two sidechains and the cross chain bridges, it's very very blurred in this yeah. spectrum. Uh, I got the most comments and feedback on those sections because they were like, "Well, should Stacks really be next to Rootstock because Rootstock does X Y Z better, but Stacks does you know A B C better?" But what about, you know, liquid? Like, why isn't liquid up there? And how dare you insult the liquid community? Um, and so it's more of a rough, a rough grouping. I would call everything in the purple a side chain. But in doing this graphic, I realized that Ethereum definitions vary slightly from Bitcoin definitions in terms of layer twos and side chains. Yeah. Uh, guess, so, yeah, this makes more sense to, I guess, give a clear, more clear picture of, like, because these, we recognize all these, right? Like as different chains. So being cross-chain makes more sense uh, for a definition of this, but. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so anything up here, <laughs> anything up here, it, if, if there's a solution up here, then it would be considered native, a native solution, correct? For, for well, like building on Bitcoin. What do you mean native? So, you know, a lot of people talk about like being ordinals is really like being it's just like on top of Bitcoin. But then like when I look at this graph, I'm like, this actually to me visually looks less connected than the side chains and cross chains because there's this DLCs right here, whatever this is. But it's just like on top. And I don't know if that's just for visual purposes to have it here. But, you know, I guess someone that's not technical like me, like, is this considered being able to like interact, is this like separate completely from Bitcoin, this layer, the meta protocol layer? layer? Yeah, so there are trade-offs that all of these layers make and you really have to get into the details to uh, to understand how, how they're separated. So yeah. the way I'm finding a meta protocol here is you use Bitcoin as your data availability layer. What that means is all messages you know, inscriptions are all 
stored on Bitcoin. 100% are stored on Bitcoin. That means anyone at any point in time can go back through the history of Bitcoin blocks and re-index the ordinals um, state. And um, that's a really good thing about meta protocols because you have this ability for global state verification. You can mm -hmm. always go back and, and re-verify. It's the same with counterparty and the same with stamps. Uh, there's a certain protocol, a set of rules, and at any point in time, someone could just go back and re-index everything. Um, and anyone could do it themselves. Uh, the, the downside on the meta protocol side is uh, you have indexers and the indexers are, you know, pulling from, from the chain. And then you have this, the actual rules of the protocol built into the indexer. And so meta protocols by nature are more centralized than Bitcoin itself because you're relying or trusting on not just like uh, indexing, um, indexing the chain, but you, you actually have a set of protocol rules and there's no consensus on this state layer. And there's uh, this, this goes back to like the, the centralized indexer problem where if every Bitcoin node also ran an ordinals indexer, then we would probably be okay. Like that's probably sufficient decentralization, but there's no incentive to run an ordinals indexer. There's no incentive where, where, whereas like on Bitcoin or Ethereum, you know, if you're an honest validator on Ethereum, you're going to get compensated. If you're a honest miner on Bitcoin, you're going to get compensated. But where's the compensation for running a running an indexer? There, there isn't one, and so naturally you have fewer indexers, meaning more centralized. That's kind of the characteristics of of meta protocols. Gotcha. In your opinion, is there any way to in to incentivize it? Is there like, I guess you could create a token and stuff like that, but it doesn't seem very, it doesn't seem very possible. There are some hacky ways that you could think about doing it. Like imagine if BRC20 mandated that every time you sent or minted or deployed, you had to also send some BRC20 token to an address call it like the gas BRC20 token or something like that. Um, and you could say something like, if you prove that you're running a BRC20 indexer, then we're going to, you know, give you give you these tokens every gotcha. X, X amount like of time. Split like split it evenly amongst all the indexers or people that yes. are running the indexers. Yeah, and maybe they have to submit some kind of like, maybe it's the first person to submit a valid... Merkle tree root yeah. or something like that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, there are kind of hacky ways to do it. Yeah. But if you push that narrative far enough, then you say, well, we want a consensus layer too. We want them to say like, here's my state. Here's my state. Let's compare. Oh, they're good. Okay, let's compare again. Okay, yeah, you're good. Yeah. And then now you're implementing an incentivization scheme and a consensus mechanism. And you're basically just building a blockchain all over again. Gotcha. It's Which like you're trying to, it's like you're trying to create Bitcoin on top of Bitcoin. So. <laughs> all right. So um, I want to take it back a little bit. So um, January, February rolls around. Uh, Domo and Casey put out these, these protocols. Um, what, what you're working on ICP. What, what makes you jump really head first into this? Like what, what did you like? What, what was your, your thought process behind that? Yeah, jumping head first was 
pretty easy uh, from from my perspective, and it was it's for a number of reasons. Um, initially, uh, the the kind of thesis for ICP was, oh, it's you know it's going to be the decentralized AWS of the world, and it's going to have its Solana moment, and you know it'll take off and it'll be wonderful. Um, we haven't really seen anything that's had a Solana moment since Solana, <laughs> uh, and that, you know that could be. Uh, attributed to, uh, you know, some price manipulation and pumping from, you know, the FTX side, perhaps. Yeah. Um, so, uh, in in the event that you know you don't have a Solana moment, well, now you have a chain with really great tech that no one really cares about because it's not solving problems that people care about. Um, and so, my current thesis is: let's make Bitcoin better with ICP. Let's make ordinals better with ICP. Let's let's not you know force people to use ICP at all, except to plug it in as like a orchestration layer almost, or like plug it in at the infrastructure level where it makes sense to further decentralize you know front ends on ordinals, or to create a decentralized indexer, or you know improve the user experience and speed of ordinals marketplaces. Um, and so my because of this new kind of thesis of, you know, let's make other chains better with ICP, it made a ton of sense to uh, jump into ordinals because it just fit with everywhere that we wanted to go as a company. Okay, actually, that, that was one of the first things that came to my mind because I told Chizzy before this call that ICP is one of the most underappreciated, uh, you know, techs in, in the space because of exactly what you said, in my opinion some price fluctuation in the beginning and people get really hurt, hurt off of that. Right. And then it's just a bad taste in yep. their mouth, but this is like the perfect opportunity for ICP to kind of be that solution for Bitcoin. Um, I feel like it's kind of like whoever decided to uh, add the upgrade to be able to read and write, you know, Bitcoin was, it seems like it's been planned. Right. So, and then ordinals yep. gives a perfect, like, uh, opportunity. So I don't know. I'm excited about it. But my question for you is, is it seamless? Because we've tried bridging over to like stacks and that wasn't really fun. So what does that look like in terms of if I want to send Bitcoin to ICP and turn it into CK BTC? Like, how, is that, how long does that take? And in that kind of process? Yeah. So the nice thing about bridging Bitcoin on Bionic, for example, is we don't have a gas token. There's not a gas token on ICP because it's a reverse gas model, meaning just like if you were to spin up a server on AWS, like as a developer, you're going to pay the costs for that server. Similarly on ICP, if you spin up a smart contract, you have costs associated with that smart contract. Um, and it just makes sense to do this on ICP because you have storage and you have compute and you have hosting costs, which it's not just like on, on, on Ethereum, it's like one-time storage and you just have like your smart contract there essentially and then you have users that are actually paying for like the the compute moving forward but on icp you could have a lot of storage like gigabytes um and so because of that different model um you know no no gas token on icp so because of that you just need bitcoin to to convert um, so you would transfer Bitcoin into your Bionic wallet. You would say convert to CKBTC. You would pick your amount and you would say, okay. And then 
you do have to wait uh, 13 confirmations on the Bitcoin side. Um, this is pretty standard. Like WBTC uses six. Um, even like Coinbase, I think it's like two or three confirmations before it's a valid balance. Um, this 13 will likely come down over time. Uh, you know, it comes out to about two hours, two and a half hours. Um, so that's that's the current waiting time for wrapped for for wrapping. Um, but it's nice because you don't need any other token. It's just one click. You just convert it. Um, it'll just show up as pending, and then you just wait. You know, the two and a half hours, and then it'll show up on your wrapped Bitcoin balance. How, uh, how soon is that pending? Is it like right away? Because that's the scariest thing ever when you send more than uh, you're willing to lose over, and you're just sitting there waiting. Like, what, what would you say? Like, just if your guesstimate would be from when you send to showing is pending. Uh, I mean, it's fast. Like, okay. um. You're going to send, it's going to be shown, it has to be indexed. I mean, seconds. Oh, wow. 10 seconds, okay. 15 seconds. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's fast. Okay, that's awesome. That's good to know. Just, that, that's one of my things. Even though I know I'm 100% correct, I'm still like, ah, oh, I just want to see it. I just want to see it. So yeah. that's, that's, that's yeah. huge. So the deployer pays the fees on ICP for the smart contracts. Is that how it works? That's correct. Okay. Yep. If you want to, you can add a fee mechanism into your smart contract contract itself. So for the wrapped Bitcoin, there's a 10 sat fee to transfer. It's mostly just like a DDoS prevention um, yeah. than anything else. Um, and so you can implement your own fees if you want on, on transfers and such for, for tokens. But for example, on wrapped ordinals, there's no fee, meaning that you could transfer wrapped ordinals around as much as you want for free. Just send them wherever you want. So yeah. the nice thing is you could do like, we have some launch tech we're working on where you'll be able to do like airdrops. Airdrops have been kind of hard to do um, unless you're a BTC machine, just forking out, forking out the money to, you know, inscribe tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of ordinals at this point. Um, but it, it will be relatively simple to you'll you'll essentially airdrop a voucher that is the right to inscribe so it reserves your right to inscribe a particular image or asset and cool. then the users themselves can go and pay for the inscription and inscribe whenever they want it's like a delayed you know uh, free for all inscribe whenever you want kind of thing so you could do an airdrop to like 10,000 addresses and it would be almost free for the creator. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Awesome. So is Bionic a secondary marketplace or is it right now just kind of showcasing almost like a gallery? Currently it's just an explorer. Um, so you'll see the collections and you'll see the inscriptions. Uh, we have wallet fully built. We have marketplace all done supporting offers, auctions, buy, sell, but we're still doing end to end testing. So probably releasing in the next, week or two or we'll see gotcha gotcha you, you seem to be able to do a lot in this space um i'm curious why you chose a marketplace and what your thought process because I, I i'm thinking you're you're thinking beyond marketplace i think you, you got some other plans am i am i correct on this yeah so marketplace was because uh partially because everyone's using psbt's 
and PSPTs are great, except they're slow and at the cost of Bitcoin. Um, and so rather than that, you know, let's put assets on a permanent, you know, uh, a, a chain with greater permanence like Bitcoin, but then let's enable people to trade quickly on on a marketplace. Uh, we, we've done quite a bit on, on the marketplace side. Um, like I said before, we have the largest NFT marketplace on ICP. And so uh, leveraging all of our tech, like we have, you know, smart contract wallet built in here, um, Bitcoin and ICP wallets built in. We have, um, you know, it, it was really synergistic for us to start on the marketplace side as like a, you know, just a foundational layer. And then, you know, at this point we have all the infrastructure pieces in place and we can, you know, build all sorts of cool, cool tech on top. Awesome. Do you have any plans in the future um, for more stuff with ordinals or you guys just kind of stick them? Obviously, you probably have a lot on your plate building all this stuff with the marketplace. But is there anything in the future that, you're, that you guys are thinking about building? Yeah, I mean, I think on, on the launchpad side, we're pretty excited about the, you know, being able to do claims or being able to, able to do large scale airdrops affordably. Um, similarly, you'll be able to do a launch that isn't like clogging the mempool. So when you do the launch completely on the side chain with like the, the voucher, it's almost like a pre-reveal. Um, you could trade immediately. So you could buy uh, buy from the launch and then five seconds later you could sell on the marketplace and then someone could buy it and five seconds later you're done. Like 15 seconds could be full cycle, purchase, sell on the market. Um, and that's like, you know, final, final. You get like two to five second finality on ICP. Um, and so very fast. And so we are excited about our launch pad. We think that offers a better user experience than, um, current, current launch, <laughs> um, launch pads. Um, and we also, so the, the way that we've architected our marketplace with like our wrapper technology, uh, it's pretty easy for us to move to, uh, other, um, assets. What I mean by that is if we wanted to add counterparty assets to Bionic, it wouldn't be that hard to just uh, tweak tweak our infrastructure layer to handle counterparty. Or if we wanted to integrate stamps, it wouldn't be that hard to add stamps. So if we wanted to be like a fully integrated Bitcoin NFT marketplace, you know, branch out outside of ordinals, um, we could do something like that. Or... If we wanted to add Litecoin ordinals, we could. Um, it's pretty much the same tech that's going to be needed yeah. on the Litecoin mm -hmm. side. Or if we wanted to add do Doginals. <laughs> yeah. Doginals. Please Doginals. don't add Doginals. <laughs> that... just, just for Elon. Yeah. We would add Doginals just for Elon. Um, so it's also not crazy to think about like, uh, there are lots of ECDSA chains out there, like Ethereum, Polygon, a lot of the EVM-based L2s. Um, so I don't know exactly where where we're going to go with the marketplace in the future. Uh, there's lots of features still to build on the Ordinal side. You know, we're very happy to build in the Ordinals community. We're not itching to go beyond. Um, you know, branching out cross-chain too early is probably worse. Yeah. Um, than anything else. And so <laughs> definitely focusing on ordinals for now. And then we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Gotcha. My last question is this, um, you know, 
ordinals has been an amazing experience for me um and i'm, I'm sure shizzy too because it's brought some fun back into uh my experience with crypto and DeFi, right but you know what what if i had any little bit of concern it's you know, hey, some of this has been attempted before with the counterparty uh, stamps and stuff like that. What's your view on the future of ordinals? And I mean, is there a possibility it can just end up like counterparty where it's not, you know, adapted, uh, you know, adopted uh, by mainstream and kind of just goes into the closet? <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's a great question. Um, for all the criticism that it gets, BRC20 is the most successful fungible token standard on Bitcoin of all time. You know, take everything else combined. Uh, look at all of the different protocols and BRC20 has had more volume than everything else combined. Uh, so despite, you know, the simplicity and the inefficiencies and the difficulties with indexers and being a essentially a meta protocol on a meta protocol on Bitcoin, uh, we've seen more traction here than ever before. Um, I would say the same thing with ordinals. Uh, from from like a non-fungible token perspective, uh, ordinals have had more volume than anything else. And so like, could it? Uh, sure. But I mean, we've seen collectors and investors and VCs all starting to come in around this ecosystem uh, in ways that we haven't before with anything on Bitcoin. Uh, I think it was pretty rare to see a, a VC with a, like a solid Bitcoin thesis, like investing in Bitcoin companies until now, you know, the last six months. And now I, I don't even think it's that crazy to have a Bitcoin thesis as a VC because of all the experimentation and building that's going on. Uh, and so, well, and and we have evidence, you know, evidence of Bitcoin companies raising rounds. Um, and so could it go away? Sure. Like, could Ethereum NFTs go away? Sure. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not likely. Like, to me, this feels like NFTs on Bitcoin. I know some people don't like to call ordinals NFTs, but if you think just broadly, like Ethereum has an NFT ecosystem, and I think this is the NFT ecosystem on, on Bitcoin because what else could it be? Like, have we ever had 10 marketplaces? No. Uh, but what stopped Counterparty from doing that? You know what I mean? Before, do you feel like they were just too early with NFTs in, in general? Because it was 2016. No one gave a shit about NFTs except for like a couple of people then. Correct. So it's, it's interesting to think about. We could have had ordinals since SegWit. So 2017, we could have had ordinals, but we didn't until 2023. And why? Uh, I, I think we could speculate on a lot of reasons, but part of it is probably NFTs in general didn't have, uh, whether it's product market fit or whether it's mass appeal, whether there's a market for, I don't know what it is, but uh, it just wasn't even there until we had like NFT summer, you know, 2021. And then finally nfts are like a thing oh you can hold them in your wallet you can send them and they're like tangible things that exist not not tangible yeah. but i mean like they're and and from a counterparty perspective uh i think it was just early and people weren't ready for it but then with ordinals the fact that it was actual bitcoin 
you know, it's on sats, you hold sats in a wallet, it matched the kind of Ethereum vibe for, for NFTs, then it was just natural. Like, oh, we know we have collections, we have creator royalties, we have marketplaces, we have wallets, like all of the infrastructure, like in our minds was all laid out, like this is what we need. And Casey, to his credit, built out like almost a standalone, like ready to go uh, ORD indexer. It had indexer, plus it had explorer, plus it had the ability to inscribe. So right from the beginning, if you were a developer, you just spin it up and you can mint and you can index and you can have an explorer. And so I think, I don't know, the, the pieces all fell together really nicely. Yeah. He made it easy, really, yeah. basically, at the end of the day. And then yes. Domo just went ahead and made it real easy to deploy tokens. So, yeah. And then yeah. Benny came along and brought us this <laughs> TAP protocol. Have you looked in the TAP protocol at all? And then uh, are you are you interested in it at all? Um, I haven't done a deep dive on TAP protocol yet. Uh, I did just do a deep dive on Boss, finally. Okay. I'm curious of your opinion yeah, on that because I'm not the biggest of fan of it. That. <laughs> so if you read the documentation, it's uh, pretty grandiose. Buzzwords? Uh, yeah, but they're actually building really cool tech. I would call okay. Boss a meta protocol built on ordinals. So imagine like BRC20 or uh, the OG game protocol or SAT's name. Uh, you don't have governance over like how changes are going to happen. You don't have like ordinal improvement proposals. You don't have BRC20 improvement proposals. You don't have a community. There's no governance structure. There's no incentivization yeah. structure. Like that's about. The, is that not the problem though? The incentive incentive. So boss is trying. Boss is trying to solve all of these problems. They have a governance structure built in. It's it's almost like a meta indexer where you can just like check the protocols that you want to index like imagine a meta indexer where you have the code and you just check like, do you want to be a BRC20 indexer? Yes. Do you want to be an ordinals indexer? Yes. Do you want to be a SATS name indexer? Yes. And then there's baked in governance to actually manage updates to that, to that indexer. And imagine that there's some kind of incentivization for actually running the indexer itself. This is what boss is trying to be. Uh, I, I know there's a language barrier on, on the boss team. Uh, and so not everyone oh, speaks. Oh, that's probably where the disconnect is. And so, yeah, put all of that together. And I think boss is actually a lot more substantive than most people think. Um, I think it's going to be really cool. Uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see yeah. as they continue to develop. This, is this stuff they're trying to do even possible right now? Like we're such a, a small, like it's not enough like things going on right now i just i just when, when i was reading it i was like not i mean it's a lot of big promises and to me it doesn't seem like much action i mean i think we, we would at least seen something by now it takes a long time to yeah something i mean like that yeah tbd tbd on okay. that <laughs> right. uh but i i i do need to look into tap so that's on my to-do list have you looked into um this? So our friends at uh, Block Runner, they, they came out with this digital matter uh digital matter theory. Have you looked into that at all? That's something brand new to us. I'm just curious your opinion on that. Yeah, digital matter theory. DMT yeah. basically um is a theory stating that like all digital matter files are you know will have its own asset class um, eventually um, because like 
the, I guess like the dark matter that is, uh, they can't figure out what it is. is this, this guy that came up with DMT is saying that digital matter is that. And like, so, I mean, yeah, it, it goes into kind of like using your imagination, but the only thing that I can connect with that is like, okay, it takes energy to think of these things, to create these files and stuff like that. But I don't know it, if it if it does if it does become like a you know a mainstream theory and it becomes you know adopted then i feel like the way that tap protocol works is you can fractionalize like any type of file or anything you know so with to you can tokenize it all the, and it's really simple um you know just basically attaching like a youtube uh file to like a certain amount of tokens and you can deploy it they actually did that so I was like, yeah, that could kind of intertwine together. But I think it's kind of like it, the DMT is a little bit far-fetched. But I think if it does work, then there's something there with TAP. TAP is different than like assets on Lightning, right? It's separate. Yeah. Uh, what do you mean? It's in terms of it's on the ordinal layer. So because well, our Taro, Taro. It used to be called Terra. There was a way to augment Lightning to add ordinals. It was a proposal called Terra, rebranded as TAP, Taproot Assets Protocol. This is a different TAP. Than yeah, this yeah. is a different TAP. Different. This is, a different this is the technology they're using for the parcels in Bitmap. Yeah. Well, okay. so, so basically it's an extension off of BRC20s, right? Yep. So um, yep. still JSON script so it's, it's simplified in terms of that the language but you it's it basically internally it's way more flexible than what brc20 can do externally it looks very similar to brc20 is how it's broken down yeah yeah is it it's not track track is different Tra yes. track is track. the actual project behind it so okay. that's that's benny the developer from track and yep. he he's trying yep. to do the decentralized uh indexing yep. he has like 14 yep. is that what he said right now a 14 uh decentralized indexers shizzy i'm pretty sure that's what he yeah, said yeah something like that right now but it's not it's not like a fully official decentralized uh indexing but he's trying okay. to be that solution for ordinals yep gotcha. all right track and tap this will be my uh nice three hour deep dive tonight for my <laughs> I'm, flight read. i'm curious of your opinion now if you could please tweet it out when you're done i would love to read that in the morning that sounds amazing yeah but i'll uh, do one on bob as well yeah, yeah <laughs> for sure yeah, so we really appreciate you coming on this is part of the show where we kind of give you the stage you can talk about really anything you want uh bring people to you or bring uh new, new maybe new community members so we usually give our um our guests the stage for a few minutes cool yeah uh i I think the only thing I want to say is, you know, launching Bionic in the next couple of weeks. Very excited. Bionic will be the first dedicated ordinals marketplace built on a Bitcoin side chain. Uh, so all the existing marketplaces are PSBT marketplaces directly on Bitcoin, which is great. You know, trustless atomic swaps, uh, but at the speed and cost of Bitcoin. So we move to a side chain because we get fast transactions, you know, under five second finality, no gas fees, no network fees. Um, really good user experience. Uh, so really excited to launch. Um, we'll have a few kind of collections, low cost collections, because the fees are so low, you could sell ordinals for a dollar. And it just makes sense because there's very, very, very low fees. And so uh, we'll have a couple, you know, really low fee, uh, low, low priced collections for people to play around. 
Um, and then on the builder side, if anyone is interested in building a, a building a prototype for ordinals, whether it's like a lending solution or it's uh, you know some kind of other um, interesting interactivity on ordinals, uh, come talk to me about how you could build it on ICP. Uh, I've talked to multiple teams over the last couple of weeks that have looked at rootstock, they've looked at stacks, they've looked at um, you know other other chains, and I think the like I said before, my my prediction is the fastest way to spin up uh you know smart contracts or the, the fastest way to add additional functionality to ordinals is going to be through icp uh so if, if you are interested in that um definity uh the foundation uh behind icp has grants available to people building on the intersection of bitcoin and icp um and also at bionic we have a lot of infrastructure uh, like ordinals API, collections API, um, other other kinds of tech that we are happy to share with anyone that kind of wants to wants to build solutions on on ICP and Bitcoin. So you can reach me. I'm at Bob Bodily basically everywhere. Um, so Twitter, Twitter's probably the easiest if if you want to shoot me a DM. Sweet. Awesome. I'll have all that in the show notes. Um, I'll put it so if anyone's looking for it, it'll be in the show notes, but down below. So, Bob, man, I really appreciate your time, man. I know you're a very busy man. So thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Yeah, this was fun. Uh, we should do it again sometime. <laughs> for sure. I would definitely love like uh, when you talk, when you get to the tab, because I, I, I'm a huge <laughs> fan of what Benny's building. I'm always in their discord. So, I mean, yeah, I don't really know like technology level, but I'm curious to your opinion because I definitely respect your opinion. Awesome. Thanks for watching, guys. See you.